0: Hey,
2: good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Rod Kolick, your host, and with me all the way across the board and the top of the waves is the Welshman himself, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Stephen Parsons. Hey,
1: from a very cold and frosty West Wales. Is it really? Yeah, it's minus six.
2: Which is let's see,
1: 32. I don't
2: know, thirty-two
1: plus something. Um, I don't know. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. Which is unusual for here because it usually
2: just rains. But there you go. Yeah, it is raining today, and it will rain tomorrow. So we have. That that. explains
1: why the blonde bombshell's running around in welly boots.
2: Yeah, well, that's the. She's giving
1: up cemetery tripping for puddle jumping. I have no clue. I'm not her keeper. Oh, I don't know. You two seem to be working together, working well together. Uh, Only on Wednesdays. Is it your 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 pantomime? (laughs) What? Do Americans have pantomime? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know? uh, Well, pantomime is like a a, a sort of... uh, It's primarily for children. It's a play. Uh, It's usually a stage performance. Um, It's comedy, theatre. Um, Cinderella, um, you know, takes nursery stories and then sort of goofs them up. Uh, you always have the male playing the female lead, etc., cetera, et cetera. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Oh. So I thought you're going to be doing pantomime. No, it's
2: not pantomime. It's a, uh, 1945 broadcast of, uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, The Night Before Christmas. So. Wow.
1: Historic radio broadcast. I can't imagine where you got that yeah. idea from. Yeah.
2: What's that? <laughs> I, I
1: actually. imagine you, I, where you got that idea from.
2: I got that idea when you originally told me about the scripts you had, which we're going to play today. So stay tuned because we are playing in episode two of The Curious Tales. So when you told me about that, I went on the Internet trying to find out what they were. And mm. that's when I came across this script. And uh, it's an hour show, so perfect. Uh, mm. And I put, I put it in my back pocket. And then hey, lo and behold, I took yeah. it out.
1: You know, you, 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 you're throwing down a gauntlet here to Ghost Chronicles International, because now we're going to have to come up with, perhaps we'll redo War of the Worlds. No, you know, I, don't. I I know you're in the chat room. Make a note of that one. <laughs> yeah, fine.
2: Uh, so, yeah. Did the go so-
1: of the Baskervilles, or when he did uh, Sherlock
2: Holmes went to Loch Ness, or a whole lot there was, there was, what was the one I loved that Sherlock Holmes went, oh, I can't think of the name of the damn thing, oh. It's
1: that sort of night tonight, isn't it? Because before we came on air, both of us are trying to remember the name of the British photographer who emulated William uh, Mumler.
2: Mumler, yeah.
1: Um, and neither of us could.
2: No, no, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah, there was, there what about the Nazis that uh, Sherlock Holmes did? And I, I can't think of the name huh? of that. The Nazis.
1: <laughs> Seriously?
2: Yeah,
1: is that possible? I mean, the yeah.
2: dates—the dates don't hey, line up, do they? Can Can you talk about something for about two seconds? So I'm going to go to the cabinet and see if I can find. Yeah, it. All right. I can.
1: Dis, I can. Dis, yeah. I can. Dis, I, although I cannot imagine or conceive how uh, Sir Arthur so, Conan Doyle. Oh so, so, well, let, let, let me get well, you this. Let me get this. You're no, supposed no, to be. You go to the cabinet while okay. I talk. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's It's not actually that far because I've been in Ron's office. Uh, home Office, and it's not, it's not terribly far to the cabinet. But meanwhile, I, I just cannot conceive of how Sir Arthur Conan Doyle could possibly have conceived of the Nazi threat, although he was still alive in the very early years of uh, the rise of Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany, although whether he was still writing, and more specifically writing, Sherlock Holmes, or whether this is merely a figment of Sir Arthur Ronald Van Helsing's Weird imagination. We're about to find out.
2: All right. Did you amuse them? Yeah. Okay. So I got it. Uh, it hey. is called um, I'm trying to get to see if there's any information on it. Put it's your terrific. glasses on. No, there isn't too much information on this thing. It says uh, Sherlock Holmes and the cigarette weapon. Okay. Starting in uh, Switzerland, Sherlock Holmes rescues the inventor of a bomb site which the <laughs> Allies want to keep (laughs) which what the allies want to keep from the Nazis back in (laughs) London, it seems the inventor is not all that he seems (laughs) and this was written
1: by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle
2: I don't know it's a DVD I I do,
1: I do, I know And I think most of the listeners have probably already figured it out what? well it wasn't was it (laughs)
2: I, I'm just telling you what the it this, is. This, it's this is historically Holmes. accurate. This is Basil Rathbone. This, this is, is like the greatest Sherlock Holmes this of all time. It may well have been
1: Basil. Basil. That's a herb. That's sorry. I think you're you're from New England. That's an herb. Yeah, uh, basil Rathbone. I always
2: would like to say a herb.
1: Yeah. Uh, the The famous British actor. Yeah, Basil Rathbone. Basil Rathbone. Basil yeah. is an herb. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. As the, the barefoot Contessa says. Okay. God, that's annoying the way she does that on that cookery program. We're well, gonna put in some herbs.
2: Yeah, there we go. Herbs. Drop the H. Wider. So there you go. There it is. Anyway,
1: yeah. Uh, so I mean, as never written or conceived of by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle.
2: So they just stuck his name on it.
1: Well, it's about as his historically accurate as his Braveheart or um, Pearl Harbor. The nineteen forty. What was it called? Nineteen forty. The one where the America claims to have won the Battle of Britain. Anyway. Uh,
2: we're even in the Battle of Britain, but that's another that true story. Yeah, because we <laughs> yeah. did have many squadrons over there. Or, or,
1: or got the enigma. Basically, sh- we
2: went over there and j- took over j- the war j- for you people, and you know, just got it all j- straightened j- it all out for you. Just as it ended, like in 1970 it Straightened it all out for you because, like, you couldn't get back off You're You're, uh, con- t- your stinking little t- country. little country, you couldn't t- get back t- over. T- you were stuck there, so we we, oh, helped we,
1: mani- we managed well enough. We gave you a lift. We helped you out. Selling second-hand half-sinking boats, but still, we managed them. Muddled on for four years without you.
2: Yeah as, as, as you now, yeah, as
1: you might have to do now with Trump.
2: <laughs> with what?
1: Trump. Oh president,
2: no! President's going to be great again.
1: President fart. May- as America's Every British listening to the podcast has just realised that you've now elected the president, who in proper English name means only one thing. It means to pass wind.
2: Ah, that's nice. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we get onto this. So we we just finished. Anyways, up
1: on yeah. th- Sorry, uh, Spirit Quest. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Well,
2: we just finished uh, 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 Thanksgiving here, and uh, before mm. we get we get onto all of that stuff that we were talking about, uh, you celebrate you
1: Thanksgiving. No, no. Do you celebrate? We 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 give thanks that we got rid of America, but we do that on the fifth of <laughs> July. But. That's our, that's our Thanksgiving, 5th of July. Um, but how is, you, you, you have, we have imported one, one tradition, a uh, new tradition, uh, first imported in 2010 by Amazon, um, and thanks for that, Black Friday.
2: Black Friday, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, apparently,
1: uh, I mean, responsible for many, many casualties, but as I said on Facebook, the number of casualties have been slashed by 20% this year.
2: Oh, that's good, that's good. All right, so you guys miss out on a turkey day, okay? That's sure. No,
1: no, no. We our turkeys live a little longer. Um, we save our turkeys until December twenty fifth. Um, oh, for Christmas. But but in in our tradition, it, the the traditional bird of uh, Christmas is of course the goose. Right. Uh, yeah, soft- you know that's from Christmas Carol and all that is the goose. Right. Uh, absolutely is the goose but latterly it became because commercially the turkey became a more viable bird and people don't you know stupider. a lot of people don't like goose um it, you know it can be if it's not cooked properly um, what
2: does it taste like it is it is it like oily it's actually,
1: or? I, I i like it some people yeah. don't it's one of those it's one of those um meats that it, it's got a particularly strong flavor um uh-huh. But I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And, of course, roast potatoes, unless they're basted in goose fat, are just not the proper, uh, not not the real deal.
0: Mm -hmm. You've
1: got to do your potatoes in goose fat. And, in fact, you can go to many of the supermarkets here. And even though you might be having turkey, you can still buy the goose fat for doing the potatoes.
2: And speaking about that, I was at a restaurant today, and I had some fish and chips, and they they served it with oil and vinegar. There we are. So you finally had it with vinegar. No, I didn't eat that crap. Are you kidding oh, No. You need to try it with vinegar. No, no, not happening. <laughs> anyway,
1: this is supposed to be Ghost Chronicles International. Yeah. Uh, and I can't see why we got to vinegar. But uh, we were on about Spirit Quest and stuff, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, and his great good. friend he had a he had a number of acquaintances over here he uh, most notably i mean he wrote to harry price um they they sparred to and fro over many years in letters mm-hmm. because sir arthur was a great supporter and exponent of the perhaps the the, the world's leading um voice for spiritualism and for the spiritualist movement. and of course many times he was um Supportive of Price as Price um, worked with many mediums, including the Schneider brothers um, and Stella Crenshaw Stella C. Mm-hmm. And Price came out publicly and said that he was very convinced by, uh, for example, Stella's Stella and um, uh, oh, the oh, God, I can't remember her name now, but she founded the PF. It's a night for forgetting names tonight, isn't it?
2: I guess it is, you know.
1: But, but nonetheless, uh, however, Sir Arthur was less than impressed with Harry Price when Price came out against mediums, um, and they corresponded quite vociferously over a number of cases, including the Helen Duncan case that we spoke about only a few shows ago. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so uh, Arthur Conan Doyle kind of pissed everybody off then, huh? Uh
1: no, 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 I mean, no,
2: Harry ended up being mad at him and then, then uh now I, I Harry think Price was being mad at him. I, well well I, I Harry might
1: just yeah, it might just be a Harry thing, but it no Sir, Ar- Sir Arthur was um a a very well established figure and a very forthright you know, he was a doctor, he was a he was an educator. Wasn't
2: he a member of the SPR?
1: He was a member of the Society of yeah, the Ghost Club, and also of the Ghost Club. But he had an opinion, and he was he was forceful. It it, but very very polite. If you read the letters back and forth, and many of them have been published between Price and uh, Doyle, and between uh, Houdini and Doyle, um, you know they have been published in book form now. You will see that despite his. Um, strong defence of his position uh, 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 in favour of spiritualism, he remained pol- absolutely polite throughout, throughout the entire correspondence. In fact, after the, after the break, I, I might get a chance to go to my cabinet and drag out one of the, uh, the published letters uh, and read you just how polite Sir Arthur could be when he was in full uh, angry mode.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Well, very interesting. So there you go.
1: I, I, I'm glad you, you think so.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite the relationship, and, and, and we're, we're, of course, uh, we're talking about uh, Sir Arthur Corner Doyle and Harry Houdini, and the, and that was uh, the basis of a uh, Fox series that came out uh, this year, and it was called, oddly enough, Houdini and Doyle. Uh, however, after one season, Fox in his great wisdom decided to cancel it, so... That kind of stinks. Huge, huge, huge mistake. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I watched every episode. And you could still see them. You can go out and catch them. And they're worth uh, It didn't quite happen like real life. They did not really investigate together, as it is in the show. But, uh, you know, it was certainly... Uh, you know, it's an intriguing premise.
1: Well, I, I think the series should be applauded, particularly in light of, you know, the modern interest in the paranormal, because they took modern subjects, including, in fact, infrasound, which was in the first program.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, we haven't really talked about the program, because we, we had it here first in the UK, ahead of America, and I didn't want to spoil the episodes for you. Um, That's right. Edison appeared in You're it. a
2: good bloke. I...
1: I I was—I mean, it was like a sort of X Files, but using these historical characters. Now, clearly, liberties have been taken with uh, with their um, personas and with the, indeed with their lives, because throughout, you know, they were they were sort of tinkering with the characters. But if you set that aside, uh, they remained mostly true to the actual uh, characters of uh, Doyle and Houdini, um, with the ob- obvious uh, sort of. Uh, liberties that had been taken,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I think for me it worked really well. We caught the first episode almost by chance. I think the title just just caught me. I thought at first we were dealing with a documentary, but watched it and immediately was captivated by the drama, and particularly because it was an infrasound episode, um, which of course yeah, you but know, you
2: didn't know that towards the end, so you it watched did, well, process.
1: yeah, some of us did figure it out, um, well, yeah. because
2: it, well. <laughs>
1: If I hadn't figured out... You really
2: a, expected that that was
1: going to be... If I awesome. hadn't figured out Infrasound with... My background in the subject, I, I think I would have been a pretty. It would have been a pretty poor show on my part. No, um, no, no. I, it, I it didn't spoil. In fact, it enhanced the the pleasure for the show. Um, and as a drama, purely as an entertaining drama, I think it was a series that was to be absolutely applauded with Stephen Mangan as, in the lead role as Doyle, and I can't remember the annoying American um, of Eastern European origin. Uh, but he played a very, very good Houdini. And if you are, you know. If you are check it out on whatever back issue,
2: yeah, oh, you, you, issue can, you can out. see it. You can actually see it and watch it on the computer too, if you want. Yeah, I say. I
1: mean, it. you know, one of the subscription services. Back yeah, order. but you
2: can do it without the subscription services. It's out there for free, anyway. So on, uh, I the believe you don't have to pay for some yeah. or free ones. Yeah. free. Oh, there are. Okay, fine. Yeah. But, but there are. You no, I just go, can't I, name I was, it. I was on looking. I believe the Harry Houdini uh, and the Houdini and uh, Doyle Facebook page. I think has several of the episodes on mm. there, as well as other ones. Uh, so yeah, it's it's certainly interesting.
1: And and uh, I think when, when I saw the series, uh, we have to sort of uh,
2: uh,
1: tip a tip a nod to my wife because she said that to you and Ron. No. When, when we were watching the first episode you know you have uh, the British person uh, the um, and the the annoying American of Eastern European descent now i said I immediately pointed out that the roles were reversed because Doyle was in fact a Huge believer uh, to the point of almost of gullibility sometimes. I agree. For, I absolutely agree
2: with particularly that. Particularly yeah.
1: the spirit of pho- uh, photography um, mm-hmm. where he was, you know, he fell foul of a of a number of scams, scam fairies, uh, scams. scam photographers. Now the fairies is an interesting one. I think we'll come back to that one after the break. Okay. If we yeah, we can. We absolutely we can. can. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but he was the more gullible. Who being, although he is often portrayed as a. Uh, debunker of mediums. Um, it was it, his own biographers actually make the make the case that uh, Houdini really intrinsically wanted to believe. He was devastated by the loss of his mother and wanted to f- to get back in touch with her, to to make contact with her again, and and sort out mediums. Um, and became very very disappointed, disgruntled uh, that this wasn't happening that he was being so obviously taken for a ride but being the great opportunist that Houdini was he saw this as a uh, an opportunity to revive his stage career which was at that time starting to flag the the escape Act act had almost run its course and of course as he was aging he was less able and less capable of doing the escape acts and Houdini saw this as a vehicle to um revitalize his career and to revitalize the stage performances so he he made a big effort to publicly humiliate debunk mediums to the point where he would actually go on uh, he had his own team of investigators who would seek out mediums um in order to um expose them publicly as part of his the the, the build-up to his his stage uh, stage performances
2: yeah well, the thing about that is too, is that the mediums that they were on his stage performance actually knew what was going on, so it 's not like you know they they knew what he was up to and what what the, it was they were going to be part of the act basically, so uh, they went in wide uh, white C- C-
1: certainly that would be true in most in some cases, but there were there were definite cases uh, where some of the mediums tried to sue Do- um, Houdini. Or claim that Houdini had acted in a way that was um, uh, dis- just denigrating to their, to their, to what they were doing um, He devised series of tests rather like the Randy challenge uh, Houdini had his own series of challenges for for mm-hmm. uh, for mediums and um, there were there were instances where the mediums claimed uh, cl- uh, cried foul Mm-hmm.
2: Um, oh, there's a surprise.
1: Again, it it's isn't. I'm suffering terribly from name fatigue tonight, but one of the, one of the most famous American mediums, actually, Houdini, had devised a wooden cabinet that enclosed the medium uh, entirely. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, she uh, I, I think she claimed that Houdini had planted something inside a piece of wood or something inside the, the cabinet um, in order to try and trick her into or, or, or make it appear that she was uh, cheating. And she claimed, cried
2: foul at that. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know. It's 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 interesting when you what do you draw the line from, you know, being totally skeptic to, uh, you know, being almost militant where you ignore facts sometimes to.
1: Well, we have that both ways, don't we? We have, we have the uh, vehement skeptic who, you know, no amount of proof would ever suffice uh, to make them change their mind. But we also have the completely gullible believer who you know, no amount of uh, explanation will ever… Suffice yeah yeah will ever set, unsettle you know the desire to yeah. uh, believe i I think every I think the majority of people the vast majority of people uh, take some sort of middle ground it might be shifted left or right you know slightly towards belief or slightly towards skepticism even mediums will tell you well I, you <laughs> know yeah that's i mean I, I know a lot of mediums and I have a great respect for 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 a lot of mediums and what they do and um, and the fact that they are absolutely sincere in what they do. Um, what galls me often is hearing a medium say, well, you know, I like to review it, you know, uh, sceptically uh, and, and scientifically. I think that's just, I think what they're doing there is perhaps misstating their position or, or using, it would be rather like um, me or uh, turning around and saying, well, you know, I like to consider it from a spiritualist perspective.
2: You know, and, and that's you know, fight your corner it, up by all
1: means, and I respect most, any medium that does.
2: I understand that ninety nine percent of this is is false, but in in my case, uh, you know, I
1: do. Ninety nine percent of all mediums are fake, except the one percent. <laughs> Doesn't that remind you of somebody? Um, that's what
2: I was yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to think
1: back. There used to be an old co host of yours. He's he's probably long dead now, bless him. No, oh, I don't or think so. Haunting an old jail in Derby. Somewhere. No,
2: no, only the good where night young.
1: Where everything was nice and
2: Only the good night young. <laughs>
1: Speaking of which, um, I, if, I, if I may, I'd like to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Rick Hale, uh, uh-huh. who's having some serious health issues. Yeah, <laughs> I saw thought, that. Yeah. Some yeah, we wish news. you the,
2: we wish we you the best, us, Wishing the, wishing the yeah. best. So. Yeah, we wish you the best. So uh, that being said. Okay, so uh, I know we're we'll coming up to the break, so uh, when are we going to announce this thing anyways? Uh, well, after we, the break? We've got
1: five minutes before the break. So I think we uh, announce it before the break and we'll, we'll go back to Cottingly Fairies
2: afterwards. Cottingly Fairies? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, we have announced the dates for uh, Spirit Quest uh, 2017, which will be September 29th, September 30th, and October 1st. And it will be called, oddly enough, Spirit Quest 2017 Houdini and Doyle. So there you go. and uh, I, I, I misread it before in the email
1: that you sent me, and I, I started to look up cake recipes because I thought it was Houdini and Doily.
2: Yeah, Doily, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of cool. We, we actually look at some of the... It's not t- going to kind of cool. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And uh, tickets will go on sale on December 1st. Buy them now. Buy them now. Yeah. And you'll get <coughs> you can't, because it's not, not going on to summer for us. And, you, and if you si- sign up early, of course, you get a, this is new this year, a uh, T-shirt, as well as the welcome package you normally get. And so you get a special T-shirt, uh, autographed by Steve Parson. <laughs> you bring the Sharpie, I'll bring the autograph. Yeah, uh, there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, you and I sat on your uh, front porch at the beach house. Yep. And we've planned out roughly uh, the themes, and although it's early days, we can promise you that this year, uh, 2017, sorry, will be um, on a scale of one to ten. It will be a full on twelve. Yes,
2: yeah, I was going to say twelve. You must be psychic. I am. Right, my mind, I am. Yeah, yeah I but was going to say got, twelve.
1: What we got to figure out though? I mean, the great. We were so well. We were so excited about this. That we didn't to twenty
2: six. Yeah, we wanted to do
1: it. <laughs> this year. Seriously folks, I mean we did. We were three or four days before Spirit Quest 2016, planning Spirit Quest 2017, because that's the way we rock. And we got so... uh, On your part, yeah. Um, And we got so excited about it that we very nearly, Ron very nearly cancelled 2016. (laughs) So that we could get to 2017. (laughs) But no, seriously. I mean, it is going to be because what we've done is we've actually used the the show rather than the real characters. Oh, we use both. We use both. We've used most, but we've 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 taken episodes, the the themed episodes from the series, the Fox uh, the Fox BBC series, Mm -hmm. Uh, and what we've done is we've actually themed parts of the um, event. Uh, the Spirit Quest event, using the show itself um, and taking some liberties, Uh, I'll admit we've taken some liberties with history and with the characters, uh, not least of which is the Brit is um, the uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the Brit was a believer, our British person is not quite
2: so believable
1: and the annoying American of European descent is not quite so hardline sceptical as Harry Houdini
2: so, you actually get to meet uh, Harry Houdini and uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle at Yeah, the whole <laughs> thing. They'll be there. Will they? Yeah.
1: I'll have to work on that mustache again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, they will be there, along with Edison and Tesla and yeah. uh, whatever characters that drop in. We have no idea uh, what's going to go on. It's it's, it's... Only
1: we only have no idea because we haven't finished finalizing the details or or, or... Right,
2: yeah, but yeah. It, it's getting it just gets better and better is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it's 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 simply going to be amazing. I'm so well,
1: psyched this will be good. my this will be my fifth spirit quest and. and I'm really psyched about this one because um, it will be a, a kind of anniversary, you know, something to celebrate. Managed to survive five of them, if, if of course, um, U.S. Um, uh, you know, under the new Trump regime, the U.S. Uh, homeland Security actually let me into America.
2: Yeah, I, I put it in a good word for you.
1: I'm oh, I'm sure. Sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Rogers, know, I actually I actually turned down a post at the White House, so I I
1: can and I can, well, everybody else has? And I can safely navigate us from Logan back to uh, Salisbury Beach. Yeah, that's my the other one. my first job when I get off a plane. Seriously, I come 3,500 3, miles, and the first job after greeting me at the airport is, how do we find our way out of the airport?
2: Oh, there's the break. We gotta go. So, anyways, we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going to be happening there at Spirit Quest. And we have an episode, an episode number two. And the Cottingly
0: Fairies.
2: Yes, we have episode two of the amazing uh, teller of curious tales. So, uh, all right here on Ghost Chronicles International. We'll be right back after the following messages. Right here at Parrax and Tojanet and Astronet and Paranormal, whatever. And anyone else that have us. An oasis in this hectic world.
0: The are creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly, gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bella X family.
1: And welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International. You'll listen to us live on ToggyNet. You may be listening to us on a podcast on iTunes or one of the other methods of listening to us. And in reply to Dylan's question on uh, the chat room, will Dr. Watson be required? No, Dylan, I doubt either of us will be requiring surgery to that extent. Now, I want to go back to the Cottingley Fairies and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Well, he might
2: do. Yeah. Because
1: I have a book here, personally signed to me, called Reflections on the Cottingley Fairies. Christine yeah. Me, yeah. She's Christine. <laughs> um, this is actually by Frances Griffith, uh, the younger of the two girls. Really? Uh, that's right. It was a book written in her own words.
2: Didn't know she could
1: write. Uh, Well, this is when she was very old. This is the... Was this uh, automatic
2: writing or spirit writing? No,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, I actually contacted her daughter, Christine. Uh, her mother, Frank, uh, she was the daughter of obviously Francis, uh, the mm-hmm. younger of the two girls involved in the, um, and they'd appeared on a BBC show called The Antiques Roadshow, where they showed the original I that. Cam- the original camera that had been one of the original cameras that had been used to photograph the fairies, along with some of the original, the very you know the actual original pictures that had been taken from the camera. Um, and I contacted her, um, and she sent me a uh, a self- almost a, I think it's a self published book. Let me just check the details. Um, I can't see any publisher details. I think it's self-published. But it's actually uh, the recollections of her mother, Frances, who was the younger of the two sisters, involved. Now, of course, the two girls did finally admit to faking the photographs, or at least faking most of the photographs, by using cutouts from a magazine. Oh, Um, that's sad. Now, they were closely involved with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and uh, he he gets many mentions throughout uh, Francis' memoirs. In fact, Francis constantly expressed amazement. The creator of the famous Sherlock Holmes did nothing to encourage the girls to find out more, more other than to continuously seek more photographs. Doyle never knew that it was Francis Alone, who saw the fairies. This was because blah 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 blah. Now, both girls maintained that one of the photographs was actually genuine. Um, This was the famous fairy bower photograph, which was the last in the sequence. Uh, And around 1982, when um, Elsie Francis would have been in her mid-seventies, a dispute broke out between the two girls. Elsie was older at this point. and it related to the fairy bower. Both, of course, maintained that it was a genuine photograph that they hadn't manipulated it in any way. Um, but the, a dispute broke out over who, which one of the girls actually took it. Now, you have two frail elderly ladies in their seventies and eighties, and so we can we can forgive them for forgetting the actual you know uh, details of. Uh, the picture being taken, but what is interesting is that Illingworth, the actual manufacturer of the uh, marked glass plates that we used uh, for this particular series of pictures, were asked at the time to give their opinion on the fairy Bower photograph. This is the last one in the sequence and if anybody wants to just google the fairy Bower photograph um, then then feel free to do so. but they wrote. Um, to Edward Gardner, who was the leading researcher for the Theosophy Society and worked alongside Sir Arthur, and, and quote, You may be interested to learn that apart from Mr. Snelling, who has been positive as to the genuineness all through, I interviewed Ellen Worth, the manufacturers of the plate, late yesterday, and they conceded that the Bauer negative was utterly unfakeable. It was quite amusing to see their manager give away for what is he consistently held to be a non-committal position prior to this concerning the other pictures, i.e., the first four pictures. What isn't generally known? So here we have the actual manufacturers of the phot- uh, photographic uh, glass plate negative saying that this picture cannot be fake, and supporting thereby the girls' continued claims even right through the 1980s, when everybody, you know, said, "Oh, the, the Cottonley Fairy pictures were fake."
2: Right. They, they that's what everybody one, says now,
1: yeah. Well, they missed the point that the girls said they were all fake bar one. Because, And the reason we faked the original series was because we were unable to capture, you know, we, being, we were being pressured by Gardner and by Doyle uh, to provide these pictures. They'd supplied us with cameras. And we, you know, being young girls, we wanted to... Um, Please... We, like, we, yeah, we wanted to please, and we succumbed to the pressure. Um, however, one photograph we did manage eventually to, to take. Now, what isn't generally well known, I mean, the Cottingley Fairies takes place in, the, in 1917, right towards the end of uh, the First World War. However, in 1937, Frances, who's the younger of the two girls, was living uh, in, North, in Nottinghamshire, and her father was now working as a civilian officer at a munitions factory Um, which was gearing up, ready for war, you know, any uh, potential war with Germany. Towards the end of uh, the war, Francis was under a great deal of strain, as my father had been working day and night in preparation for D-Day. He was losing weight and looked terribly ill. He was actually suffering from tuberculosis, like her mother before her. Francis suffered from severe migraines brought on by stress. During one episode, she became aware of a fairy man standing beside her, looking up at her. Startled and horrified, she turned away and rushed out of the kitchen. Not again, she thought. Oh. So, clearly, I mean we have this uh, revisiting and indeed uh, Francis' own recollections continue into the 1970s and 1980s when by this time she was living in Ramsgate, Kent in a terrace house built around 1812 Um, so the house itself would have been 160 something years old, Mm -hmm. Francis was well into her sort of middle, late middle years um, in her 60s and as a widower she was still very industrious and hard working, sitting up in bed uh, in the half-light early one morning, a movement by the door caught Frances's eye. She looked up to see a young girl in the uniform of a housemaid, wearing a long dress, a white apron and a cap coming through the open door into her room. The girl was carrying towels over her arm. As she came into the room, and looked straight at Frances. She smiled, she turned around, and she went back out again. Francis had no sense of fear, and it was not an unpleasant experience, and she often wondered who the girl was, what period in the long life of this old house she had come from, and why she had been there. So Francis, I people have argued that, that perhaps the fairies were some sort of psychic, spiritual visitation. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be borne out in you know Francis then later having further encounters with the fairies uh, and further encounters with, with ghosts. Now we don't know we, we don't have any recollections of El- from Elsie to draw upon but we do have this interesting series of uh, verbal and diary entries by Francis which were recorded by her daughter uh, who was kind enough to send me a copy of the self-published book. Mm-hmm. So, That's uh, pretty
2: cool. That's really I, interesting.
1: I, I think you know, to dismiss the the the, um, the Cottingley fairies out of hand as a fake um, is disingenuous to the to the people involved, and to and to smear Doyle as a you know completely gullible person simply which, on which the happened of someone,
2: not even which not, happened it, absolutely his own time too as well as you know, ours. I think
1: it's the you know we we say oh somebody sees fairies. I mean we consider that to be truly ludicrous. But well, I would say it's
2: ludicrous. But it,
1: there are there, age,
2: are there are so many you know uh, reports of fairies in so many cultures throughout the world.
1: What what is interesting is we have a different view of the the through the modern eye of the fairy. We we consider the Tinkerbell type fairy the Disney. right yeah the Disney, that's,
2: they did that. Too. However, historically, it's like the ghost hunters being Grant and Jason. Yeah. I mean historically right.
1: speaking, of course, fairies are, uh, and we have many incidents of fairies in the in the folklore of West Wales where I live. Right, And these fairies, and in, historically speaking, fairies are life-sized, they're human-sized, they are full-sized individuals who just live on a different plane of existence than us, but, and are very slightly different than us, and interact with us um, in, West, in Welsh culture, and particularly in West Welsh culture um there are very very many stories of fairies and the fair, fairy folk uh, there are no descriptions of them like tinkerbell as small you know sort of uh, winged creatures that flit about and well with... there
2: are there are some small not yeah. no i mean not in not in sort of no, whales yeah whales no. okay, right yeah okay right but in other parts of the world in Ireland, in fact too as well um but at Spur course, you're actually uh, going to build a fairy house because we have, uh, uh, you know, we do have traditions here in the U.S. about fairies, and and one of the, the reasons you attract them is by building them a house so that they stay and uh, they don't annoy you for one thing, and then the second thing is they, they can bring you luck. So uh, yeah, you as part of Spur course, you'll actually build your own fairy house, and we will set them up along a fairy trail. And uh, see if we can capture them on film, so that that should be interesting. So we'll take a look at this section.
1: Extra marks will be given for accurate cutting out from the
2: magazines. Uh, ha, ha, ha. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do, what do we? Got?
1: See, the thing, the, I think the problem, one of the big problems that you had, that many people had with the Cottingley fairies, of course, mm-hmm. was the fairies were so stereotypically Tinkerbell. Um, I mean, this is pre Disney, but right. this was the, this was the, the stereotypical view at of the fair at that time, which, which, of course, Disney exploited later in the 30s. Um, you know, he didn't create the Tinkerbell Fairy. Um, you know, but folklore, you know, historically speaking, um, on the west coast of Wales, the west coast of England, the east coast of Ireland, you know, the north, these the, the sort of um, Nordic areas of Great Britain that we do, uh, Nordic Celtic areas of Great Britain, we do have a strong um, folklore uh, history of fairy stories. On mm-hmm. the Isle of Man um, there, are, there are, there is a famous fairy bridge where woe will befall you if you don't say you know, uh, bid a greeting to the fairies as you cross the fairy bridge. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, solicitors, lawyers, even the police, the traffic police, the you know, the, the, the the police always say hello to the fairies as they, and ask permission as they cross the bridge.
0: Interesting. Even,
1: even with the blues and twos on, you know, the, the blue lights, they will still always request permission off the fairies. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, out here in West Wales, I, I guess it's a kind of silly superstition. But whenever we go somewhere and we need to find parking space, we always ask what we call the parking fairies to grant us a space when we get there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I, I know it's kind of silly, but, you know, we all have those little pseudo super, you know, those little superstitions inside yeah. us. Um, so know, I,
2: I, I know that uh, we've we got a lot more to talk about Spirit Quest, but I, I want to make sure we get this Teller of Turya's Tales in the second episode. <laughs> so uh, I, I'd like to play that now if we can, and then we'll get back to talking about uh, Spirit Quest as well and some of the cool events that are going to be happening. So, uh, Eric, if you've got that uh, clip, can you play that for us, please?
0: Tonight, I, the Teller of Curious Tales, open my book once again and bring you strange and unusual stories, true stories, stranger than any fiction ever written. Tonight, The Plague. Listen to The Teller of Curious Tales. And even up to comparatively recent times, the dread cry of plague, plague, ran through the cities, and every human being who could possibly do so, packed his belongings and fled. Of those who remained, one out of every four died, and only the rich who fled could find sanctuary in the country, for the villages and the farms were closed to the poor, and many of them died from exposure and starvation in barns and by the road only one member of the government remained in London during the great plague of 1665 the king and the rest of the court fled even the doctors deserted leaving only the apothecaries to dose the victims and soothe their dying moments as the plague spread panic seized the people, and as the weeks passed without any lessening of the death rate, they became resigned to their fate, feeling that no sooner or later they too would sicken and die. No one believed that London would survive with anyone still alive. All day and all night the dead cards rolled the city. The drivers cried, Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! Never stop ringing through the streets. Houses containing plague victims had their doors marked with large red crosses. And watchmen were everywhere to see that no one went out or entered. When a victim died, his or her body was thrown naked into the cart to be dumped into enormous pits outside the city. Their clothes were saved only to infect new victims. Sometimes the drivers of the dead carts were stricken. A number of them were found dead by the roadside their horses having run away spilling the dead over the highway. There were many cases of unselfish heroism and also of abysmal cowardice. Thousands of people stole away in the night, leaving the infected numbers of their families to die alone and uncared for. (laughs) Others stayed bravely to the end. One conspicuously brave act was performed by the population of a tiny Derbyshire village named Eam. Someone in London sent a villager ...a package containing clothes. Those who wore them came down with plague. The rector called a meeting of the whole town. He told the people that if they dispersed, most of them would be saved... ...but some of them would spread the disease throughout the countryside. But if they remained at home, a fourth of them would probably die... ...but they would save the neighbouring towns and villages... Silently, unflinchingly, they stayed at home, sacrificing themselves so that the rest of Derbyshire might be saved. A few survived, a heroic reminder of a gallant band. Should bubonic plague break out in our midst today, we could only take steps to prevent its spread. But we would be just as helpless as those 17th century apothecaries to cure those who were stricken. The gong strikes. My time is up. On my next visit, I'll bring you other stories, curious tales, strange beliefs. The teller of curious tales has closed his book and about to go on his way. I'll be back again on Ghost Chronicles International with more strange stories. Sleep tight. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Oh, there we are then. That was nice. Actually, do you know what? I was getting quite into that then. Good. Hey, that was. Um, I won't tell you how much it was, but that was money well spent on
2: those scripts because
1: yeah. there were only two in and we got two hundred. So there's one hundred
2: ninety-eight to go. <laughs> yeah, lucky us. Hey. So, anyways, I can cancel them. I have something to report. In the chat room, I have. Them? I have something to report. Oh and yeah. that. We played the the first one as a promo for our show, uh, in the next generation, and somebody did some research and found out that that palace does exist and that table does exist oh yeah, the yeah
1: that, the dead. that bit yeah that bit we already knew I'm sorry to to, to um as it well, says in, didn't. yeah so I'm yeah, sorry it was already posted so yeah I'm sorry to on your bonfire but uh, no you we,
2: didn't sorry did but yeah, we already we, bounced that last expected, week fact, so if, uh, if, if you know if whatever. you
1: replay Ghost Chronicles International that night you will hear me say that the no we che- no we that, won't,
2: that, no, we that, won't. That, that
1: story along with others is, is actually uh,
2: no no we won't genuine no, we won't. And that table actually—it uh, does exist. Yeah. Um,
1: which, what yeah. makes
2: it even more even more fascinating? Yes, absolutely. Because you know it comes from a good source rather than you.
1: But what what I was, uh. hoping, what I was hoping then for um, that you were gonna that you were gonna say. Uh, is that somebody got in touch uh, regarding our appeal? for Do we have any information about when these. No, we do not. Originally. That's a shame. I'm, I'm going to put it out again, actually, before we go to Spirit Quest, because um, the Teller of Curious Tales, it, we seem to. We, we updated it by its appearance and by the language um, as a 1950s, 60s ra- series of radio scripts, fully completed. I
2: think in um, the 40s.
1: Possibly 40s, um, but from the heyday of American radio, and we're fairly sure by the language and by the spelling that we're dealing with an American radio uh, s- uh, series here. But it was almost
2: using the U's. Is that what it is? Yeah, it was almost,
1: and, and everything's priced in dollars. Uh, it was almost certainly broadcast or, or scheduled for broadcast because what we have, what we purchased is a what I purchased is a complete, fully complete set of scripts. Um, so if you have any information about the teller of curious tales when it was broadcast which radio station broadcast it which network broadcast it way way back 50 50 maybe 50 more years ago please do drop us a line on our facebook page email us at parascience at internet beta uh however you want to get in touch with us even psychically that nah, won't work um and let us know anyway spirit quest
2: yeah. So, anyways, I do want to mention that there was a uh, comment from Seal uh, C- 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 and Cat in the Parac chat room. She said these stories are great. So, kudos to Dylan and uh, you for finding them. So, there you go. There we are. The power of the internet and email. Mm. And anyway, and Dylan's skills as a radio broadcaster. Please yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, who in not Who doesn't pass hours? Uh, sorry. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, actually, you know, you
1: know what? Just before you do Spirit Quest, I, I keep telling you this off air, but we do get messages off, you know, messages sent them saying that they yeah, I like, the like two
2: minutes left. You're killing my freaking Spirit Quest announcement. I know. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the fun. <laughs> anyway, Spirit Quest is going to be great. Uh, we, we, starts off on Friday, you're Dining with the Dead, and you get to meet Harry Houdini and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. It is a fancy dress dinner, as usual. Did did.
1: you know that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and and Harry Houdini were great fans of Chinese food?
2: Yeah, that's nice. They
1: hate pizza. hate pizza.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Next, uh, we'll be entertained by uh, Houdini's escape act, which will be interesting because... We will have Houdini artifacts used in the in the act, so that'll be great. And you can have your uh, picture taking uh, by with a mumbler ghost or, or the English guy who we can't think of. And, <laughs> and then the evening concludes. This is cool with a heavy Houdini seance, and this is the one that they do. Uh, I did for 10 years after his death, where he tried to come back to talk to his wife, Beth. So uh, we had some great results. when We, we did it a, a few years ago. Yeah, but you got so, Elvis. Yeah, no, no, we got Harry. Kane. So Saturday night is going to be kind of cool, too, because we'll probably have uh, pizza.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just saying. Well,
1: they, fucking old, yeah. they hated it. Mm. It's in 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 Houdini's biography. He specifically says that you know death death shall befall on, on on swift wings. Anybody yeah. that serves him better. but, but torn, in torn
2: from the pages of uh, the the uh, Fox series, you can become a psychic detective under the guidance of my my uh, Maureen Wood, who actually studied uh, psychic detective work, which is interesting. And uh, you could also investigate a haunted house and learn to separate the normal from the paranormal, which would be interesting in itself. And, I mean, very interesting. And And, uh, and lots we haven't actually thought of yet. Yeah, uh, well, of course, I mean, we you got workshops on Saturday, Sunday include Edison workshop. You build a fairy house we have black dogs. Past life regression. Spring Hill Jack, whoever that is, uh, faith healing. Tesla workshop. Automatic writing, and so much more. So I'm uh, glad you're just throwing Spring
1: Hill Jack there, who's got nothing whatsoever to do with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh However, yes, but it has to do with the series. series. Yes, he was in the series, and he's a fascinating. I'm probably unique to Great Britain um character. Um who played Do London, that. Liverpool, and many other of, of our great
2: cities over here. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. So that's that's the just the synopsis of it. Check out the website, tickets go on sale on December first, dot eGhostProject.com, the letter N, the letter E Ghost dot com and uh there we go. So Oh look at that. Pizza from, the from the <laughs> Pizza from the dead is Chinese from the Dead. Pizza From the Dead is Chinese from the Dead. Yeah. So anyway, Steve, you got anything uh, Steve, to add? Yeah. No. I mean, Uber, if you're looking Uber, for a great Uber. Christmas present, get Steve's ghostology or paracoustics. They're available on Amazon and uh, somewhere else. Yeah, well you, you know,
1: i to be telling now and point out that you've also written several books.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, well, so there you that's go. or oh, a hey,
1: ghost. What was it? What was it? on? ghost today. Today, ghost the day.
2: Today. That sounds like the medication.
1: Yeah, it is. Take one with. Yeah, take one with
2: water, just after meals. Yeah, it's a, it's a great great bathroom book. You just sit down and you can open it up and read anything you want. It's a little known fact,
1: the um, was actually designed, um, written to a specific page length, and printed so it'd be just thick enough for Ron's coffee table. Because Ron has never read a book; he certainly hasn't read ghostology.
2: Uh, I looked at the. You haven't. You haven't. <laughs> I looked. At, I read some you of know it, it. I,
1: and I know it. You
2: I have. actually read some of it. How long have you had your copy? Yes, it's been I, uh, out exactly a year. I don't know. I can't find it, but uh, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly so, one year ago this week and you have plenty
2: you know I have <laughs> pressing things to read besides ghostology and para para <laughs> so yeah. there you go so anyways anyway. thanks for tuning in and uh, you know two weeks we'll have another uh, tale right yeah and we're heading up to the, the night the night that we
1: dread most when we Hand over the radio station of Ghost Chronicles International to our better halves to so seen Jan and the Good Lady Catherine. There you go. We're gonna
2: and reg- Tune, uh, tune in tomorrow you? night and, and hear the live broadcast of uh, Sherlock Panth- Holmes The Night Before Christmas. Absolutely yeah. going to be fantastic. You can watch the whole thing. we we got sound effects. Are you I'm playing gonna... Cinderella? I am playing Sherlock Holmes, of course. I thought you were playing Cinderella. No. All right, so there's the tunes. we got to go. Thanks for listening. Uh the Ghost Chronicles International on Toginet and wherever the hell else we are. Yeah. Good night. God bless.